This podcast is sponsored by FAT, F-A-T-T, a range of keto on-the-go snacks, including cookies, brownies, chocolate bites, bars, fat jacks, and muffins. Fat snacks are delicious, natural, and always free from sweeteners, fillers, and seed oils. Find fat snacks at www.livefat.com. That's L-I-V-E-F-A-T-T.com. Use the code FABULOUSLY10, that's one zero, to give an extra 10% off one-time purchases. Not valid on subscribe and save. Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to another episode of the Fabulously Keto podcast. And today I'm interviewing Roxana Surdebeer. Now, Roxana was introduced to me by Tia Reed who's sent me some fabulous guests. So thank you, Tia. So let me tell you a little bit about Roxana. Roxana Sodabia struggled with her health and weight issues since her mid-20s. She has been keto since October 2019. She created a Facebook group in 2021 and worked to get certified. She's been attending low-carb events in person after watching Boca Live. When she received private messages from the members of her Facebook group seeking advice, she decided to create a coaching business. Roxana is an MHP, Metabolic Health Practitioner, Certified Meta Community Manager, Certified Nutrition Network, a low-carb, high-fat advisor, Certified Nutrition Network Coach Practitioner, and is currently in training to be a primal health coach. Roxana lives with her family, husband and three sons, 18, 20 and 23, in Atlantic Canada. She and her husband moved to Canada from Germany about 24 years ago. Her oldest son lives in Ontario. Let's go and hear from Roxana. Welcome, Roxana, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Awesome. We always start with where in the world are you? Okay, so I grew up in Germany, but right now I'm on the east coast of Canada, the very east coast, Atlantic Canada. Excellent. Yeah, pretty close to the US, actually. We are bordering with Maine. Okay, so quite low down. Mm -hmm. How's the winters there? The winters are very cold, like 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 freezing cold, and they seem to last five, six months. And I always think it's kind of odd because... We are about, about the same level as Venice, which is Mediterranean, where you hardly ever see snow. 
and yeah, but we get the winters. Oh, I didn't realize it was that low down. It is. Yeah. We're that far south. And if you're coming from Germany, uh, you would have been much higher up than than where you are now then. Yes. So you really notice this when the sun sets. It sets a lot. It, is a lot, it takes a lot longer to set in Germany. And here it's almost like in 20 minutes and it's pitch dark. Wow. I didn't realize that. Excellent. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your journey and how you came to low-carb, keto, wherever you are, carnivore? So I want to say it was a long, long journey because when I was in my mid-20s, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And the doctors really put the fear in me. They said, you got to take these medications. And if you don't, and then if you try them again, they might not work again. And you have to eat vegetable oils because animal fat fuels inflammation and vegetable oils, oils do the opposite. I, I, be, I believed all that. I did want children though, so I refused to go on methotrexate and they put me on prednisone first. I was on prednisone for around about 10 years, a good dose. So I started gaining weight a lot. And then when I, my, my third son was born, I switched to Imuran, that's an immune suppressant. And they put me on a very high dose. It's an, an initial dose that they then taper down and, and they forgot. So I was taking that high dose for 15 years and that really did my liver in. I developed NASH and well, GERD and Hashimoto and type 2 diabetes. So... As time went on, I got sicker and sicker. And I I tried like all the diets out there, like Weight Watchers, counting calories. Um, I tried a little bit of fasting, but it didn't really work because next to the fasting, I was just not eating well. And I tried something like Jenny Craig, but the meals were just so boring and awful. Yeah. <laughs> Pointing counts only worked so far as I saved all my points for night. And at night, then I just ate everything within points. And I lost 20 pounds, but um, then I rewarded myself. Then I fell right back into my old he eating habits. I think I'm, I'm a sugar addict, actually. So yeah. every time I rewarded myself, I fell off the wagon. And not just for a few days, but like for months and years. And... Um, yeah, so I yo-yo dieted my way, my, my weight all the way up to, I'm going to say plus 300, so it was above. Wow. And uh, I was just not doing well. I wasn't happy. I wasn't very mobile. Everything hurt. I was fatigued. I had brain fog. I I couldn't think clear. Like, like life, I wasn't in a happy place. My bar of feeling or thinking what was feeling okay was very very low yeah but that that comes you know part of it is is the weight that makes you feel low you know you you lose your self-confidence you lose your self-esteem and the fact that you can't move easily everything becomes such hard work doesn't it you know, it's such an effort yeah. So to deal with the pain from, uh, and so rheumatoid arthritis was actually misdiagnosis. It's inflammatory arthritis, but the difference in treatment isn't, isn't that great. But I was in so much pain that they put me on Oxycontin. 
And OxyContin is synthetic heroin. It's, it's addictive, isn't it? It is very. So I took it twice a day. And then, of course, I crashed like, like mid-afternoon. And then they said, okay, no problem. You take 60 milligrams three times a day. And I would still have these up and downs. I felt like a junkie. I didn't know it was synthetic heroin. But um, actually, I, I, I was. Like, I was addicted. And when the doctor said, okay, you're doing better now. So you can get off OxyContin. I had a breakdown immediately because I felt how addicted I was to it. And mm. he said, no, you go at your own pace. You go as slow as you want to. I'm going to prescribe it to you as long as you want. And so that was my first big victory, getting off OxyContin. Because on it, I would go from my chair to the kitchen sink, make a coffee, and I would be drenched in sweat. So I, I wasn't feeling well. Yeah. How long did it take you to come off? Um, I, I I think probably half a year or almost a year. Mm. And it was odd because the last pill was the weirdest to take because I knew, so this is going to be the last one. And then, of course, I had my stash. <laughs> so just in case I needed it. Yeah. And I kept it for, I don't know, seven, ten years. I don't think at the end they were like chemically safe anymore. And eventually I threw them out. But um, it's hard to get rid of. Yeah, well done for for doing it because that must have been really hard. Yeah, it's similar to quitting smoking. It's just much harder. Mm. And comparing it to quitting sugar, um, so sugar is still in your life or sweetnesses, maybe not sugar, but sweetness. It's in fruit. It's it's um it's in every processed food. It's even in salt. They put sugar in salt. So that's a lot harder to get rid of because you cannot just abstain. You cannot just say, okay, I'm not going to have any. Yeah. But um, um, with the OxyContin, it's, yeah, it just takes time. And um, wanting to get off it, so. It helps. It's unbelievable how the medical profession can peddle heroin. They are legal drug dealers. And I don't know how else to say it. It <laughs> yeah. is legal. It's a drug. And they they give you basically, I think if I had asked for more, and I did, my dose was up from 120 to 180, just saying, I don't feel well. <laughs> and um, that's what they do. That's that's their tool, their prescription pad. Yeah. They don't teach healing. They, they, they're taught how to write prescriptions. Exactly. Good, good. Um financial recompensation for the drug companies and they think of that drug they, a lot of people got stinking rich of their drug yeah yeah and a lot of, of lives were destroyed because of that drug yeah i believe it so now so you're you were 300 pounds which i'm just going to translate for around the world which is 136 kilos 21 and a half stone you're a drug addict yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it got worse it got worse okay go well te technically like from a metabolic standpoint i developed type 2 diabetes and um it, it was so fast that i the doctor said oh i think you might have type 2 diabetes to being on insulin it was just a matter of a few months that i thought oh maybe this is not type 2 maybe this is ladder it is a type of type 1 diabetes it just is a slower onset in adults yeah. My son is type 1 diabetic, so I knew 
what it meant. And and then he took maybe some blood work and said, well, I can make a case for both. And in hindsight, I'm type two, or like I am type two diabetic. I, at one point, even though I was on insulin, my blood sugar levels completely went out of whack. Like four weeks straight, my blood sugars were in the high 400s and that's um, like the high 20s in, 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 in UK measurements. Yeah. And you can imagine how I felt. Like um, I, I couldn't think straight. But one thing I knew, I knew I had to get the blood sugar down. And I only, only had long-acting insulin. And that wouldn't bring my blood sugar down. And it, it's also not very well controlled because it works for 24 hours. I cannot just give a big dose and then crash later. So at 3 a.m., just roundabout, I went into my son's bedroom and said, I need some of your insulin and I need a syringe. And he like handed everything over, of course. And then I calculated in my brain that wasn't really working right because my blood sugar was so high and I thought okay I need this much and drew it in the syringe and gave me the shot and I thought hmm maybe it was, there was too much so I called a friend in Germany and he was on his morning commute and he but we did a few calculations and he said I think you're good but don't go to sleep check every half hour and watch Dr. Stephen Finney and the first video I found, and I didn't even see that it was a keto, keto video. I, it, it says right in the title, keto, but I didn't see it. So I watched that and I learned about why, why restricting carbs work, what it does, and why people can actually have success on it. It was two parts, one hour each. And after that, I thought, this is what I need to do. Like from being completely hopeless, I had this spark of hope. Yeah. And I I was so happy about that. The next morning I went to my husband and said, I'm doing keto. <laughs> and he said, No, you're not. <laughs> because you know, everyone thinks keto is dangerous. And then he said, You're gonna ask your your doctor about it. And I said, Yes, I will. Like crossing my <laughs> fingers behind my back. And I, I, I mean, the plan was, of course, to ask her if she says no to go to the next doctor until I find someone who says yes. I had to do that. And now I know it was the right thing to do. So when was this? In October of 2019. So okay. it's almost been four years. Yeah. So you just started. Did you, did you go to the doctor or not? I did. And I what printed did out a good stack of um, research of everything I could get my hands on. And I sat there with like with anticipation and she came in and she already knew why I was coming. And I said, well, I, I heard this about keto and this is what I, I want to give it a try with a trembling voice. And she just smiled at me and she said, you don't need to tell me anything, do it. And, and she was fully on board and that, that was awesome. So I had her support. Wow. She was a good doctor. Yes. Unfortunately, she is retiring soon, but like she's she's the best. I mean, I don't, in, in some points, I kind of butt head with her when it comes to LDL, but, um, or when it comes to, to my thyroid treatment, but she, she is an excellent doctor. Yeah. So then did the weight just start coming down? 
Yes. Um, I, I, I lost a lot of weight. So in the first two years, I lost about 100 pounds. In the first year, I lost maybe 70, 80 pounds. And my blood sugar, well, the blood sugar stay came down immediately. Mm. I actually got off long-acting insulin, but as the months went on, I had to increase it again. And that was mm, that was frustrating because I was back to 50 units. And no matter how low carb I ate, I couldn't get off insulin. And then I thought, mm, my A1C is 5.2. That's that's fine. Like I, I'm I'm good. But then I, somebody told me, no, it's not good because you're insulin resistant. And that's the first time I heard about insulin resistance. You're insulin resistant. And as long as you shoot insulin, oh, shooting insulin sounds a little weird. <laughs> but like as long as you take insulin shots, um, you are hyperinsulinemic. And you, you sh- like that's no reason to celebrate. You need to get off insulin. So I Googled and Googled and Googled and I found Dr. Fang. And I saw this. It's a six-part series, The Etiology of Obesity. Yeah. And I watched it, and it's it's like every minute is worth, no, it's weight and gold. No, it's time and gold. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's He explains it. He explains why. The next day, I started intermittent fasting, 16-8. So it wasn't, because I was already fat adapted, it, it didn't bother me. I did I wasn't hungry. I just skipped breakfast, and it didn't have snacks. And the keto bombs or whatever I wanted, I had four of my meals, but nothing in between. And it was two weeks and I was off insulin. Wow. And have been off since. And my A1C hasn't moved. It's like between 5.1 and 5.3. It's been that for the past three years. So what what were your blood sugar readings when you were, if you remember, when you were still taking the insulin? So you went from... If you wouldn't have taken the insulin, what would they have been? Quite high, or or with the with the insulin, it would have been normal, I guess. But I, I wonder- so a month about about a month before I started keto, the A one C was eight point five. But that's that's really high. And because two weeks before I started keto, then my blood sugars went so out of out of control. Um, it would have been probably eleven, twelve. I don't know, but um. I I I wasn't going to wait three months and test. I wanted to do something right then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Once you know, you can't not know it, can you? Once you know that there's something I you can might never be know it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the drugs that you were taking influenced your blood sugars? Yes. So I had been on statins for a long time, and. I often forget to mention that I had been on statins, 40 milligrams rosover statin. And the, the drug trials clearly show that you have a, a, a 6% of the people who go into the trials get diabetes that are not put on statins. So the control group and those that get the statins, 12% go on start on, on a, a developed type of diabetes. So that's a twofold risk. And um, that's a lot. That's, um, I don't, I think, of course, the cortisone, the 10 years, um, or prednisone, um, it raises the cortisone, cortisol levels. This in turn raises the glucose level that in turn makes me hyperinsulinemic and that yeah. gets the type two diabetes going. So yeah, the, the drugs definitely had something to do with it. The 
Immuran, the immune suppressants, were crushing my liver. And um, so my liver enzymes were really high, always. And then there was a note, um, don't worry about it, she's on Immuran. <laughs> it's going to help anything. And now they're normal. So um, I, I was also supposed to go on blood pressure medication. Uh, but that was already when I started keto. And then I said, um, no, uh, let, let me wait three more months. I'm going to get this under control. And now my blood uh, pressure levels are normal. Excellent. What a journey you've been on. Yes, it's it's quite a journey. And what I, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. Because all this, what I went through, most people don't go through that. Most people don't get that sick. And most people don't have family members that get equally sick. And, well, actually, they didn't get quite as sick as me. But anyways, we had a lot, like every time, every disease, we would just scream like, here, come on, I'll take it. And I felt so unlucky. I felt so, it, it, it just wasn't fair. Like, why was I getting all these diseases that they kind of um, come all come with insulin resistance that I didn't know? I just happened to have a lot of symptoms. And in hindsight, I actually do see a silver lining because, because of it. Like my son type one diabetic, there's like really nothing good about it. But now I know what it is. I know the difference between type one, type two, ladder. I know why people get kidney disease, why they get cardiovascular disease. I know I, I learned so much. And um, being taking these courses and getting certified, I um, am now able to help others. So there th- definitely is a silver lining. Yeah. I think we just have to, you know, we go through whatever our journeys are, because we've all got a different journey, but it changes us in more ways than than weight. It's never just about the weight. Our, our whole lives change. Everything changes from how you feel to what you can do and what you want to do and all everything changes. I want to ask you about your son. How old is he? Your, your son that's type one diabetic? Yeah, the one in the middle. Um, he is 20 now. He was diagnosed when he was nine or actually eight. He just he just before he turned nine. So does he eat low carb? No. Oh, <laughs> Maybe at some point. It's, yeah, I actually um, bribed him into trying paleo, which is kind of a low carb, but it takes out all the junk food. Yeah. So um, he is going to start in a week, actually. And I'm going to see how that goes. He promised me three months. And or I should say that's part of the deal. <laughs> and um, Good luck with so, that. Good luck. Hmm? Good luck. With yeah, that. yeah. Because at that yeah, age, they, they're out with their friends and they're doing stuff and they're not really thinking about their health. My boys, I've got twins and they're the same age. Um, and sometimes one of them will take more notice than the other. The, the other Alex just I noticed, not interested at all. I noticed then when people are sick, they, they get used to that level, level of sickness. Like I did. I, I, I was used to being fatigued. That was my normal. Yeah. And for him, it's normal to have wild blood sugar swings. And now that I stop, like, like, like my baseline is, is where it should be now. I have the energy and, and everything. I want him to experience that. I want him to experience 
what it feels to have stable blood sugar levels. And I think when he, once he does, then he'll want to do it. Yeah, let's hope so. I'll hope I often so. say nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. And that's really true. I like that. Say it again. Nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. Yeah, love that. Brilliant. So for you now, so then you've lost all the weight. You've lost 120 pounds. pounds. Yeah. 120 pounds. Um, you then decided, well, now I need to help others. How did that start? So early on, I started following Dr. Berry. Dr. Berry, like Ken Berry and his wife, Nisha, they have a big following on social media. He does all those lives and he has his own group. And he basically gave me all the tools I needed. I, I got started with Dr. Finney, like this, this, this hope that I needed. Yeah. But then I said like, okay, what now? <laughs> How do I do this? And uh, that's where Dr. Berry uh, came into play. And Everything he said, like I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for what he puts out there on social media and the lives. And then I said in a live, I asked, "What do I do to repay you?" Because I wanted to do something. And he said, "Just spread the word." And then I thought, okay, and I'm a sucker for challenges, so <laughs> I made my Facebook group and and um, <clears throat> I went on Twitter, and it, it's 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 been quite a ride. But like to, to to better be able to help others, I needed to get certified because I often get asked if I'm a doctor and they don't say that because I'm knowledgeable. <laughs> they say it in a way like, oh, are you a doctor? <laughs> so, okay, I'm not going to study to get be a doctor, but I did take the courses to become a metabolic health practitioner and a coach practitioner and a low-carb, high-fat keto advisor. Mm. And there were like a, a few other certifications, but like those are the big ones. Yeah. Fabulous. So tell us a bit about what your day looks like nowadays. How do you eat? Are you still doing 16-8? So just since Monday, my days changed dramatically. I started carnivore on June 1st. Mm-hmm. Because I still have problems with inflammation. I still have, have um, this, this inflammatory arthritis. There's so many things I was able to reverse with this diet, but something in my diet is still causing inflammation. It might be just that I can't get a hold of this inflammation with diet at all, but I'm going to try it. So on Monday, I started the lion diet. Oh, wow. The lion diet is basically beef, salt, and water. And because I need to fry the beef in something, I chose to add butter and I chose to add coffee. <laughs> you know, coffee is good for my liver, so I'm not going to discuss. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so so it's um, not quite the lion diet. It's a step no, down. It the is lion. a modified lion diet. It's <laughs> more than a carnivore diet because carnivore includes everything like dairy, anything animal-based. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a if carnivore was on the left like a zero and lion was a hundred, then I'm about it in 90 mm. for um, towards lion diet. And I'm really curious what it does. I'm going to do this for a month. Yeah. And then I'm going to see if, if it if I don't get the results I want, I'm going to drop the coffee and the butter. And then I'm going to go two more months. 
And then if I don't see the results, then I know, okay, it's not the diet. Yeah. Then I, I have to be on a different medication. Yeah, that sounds sensible. Good luck with that. Yes. Yeah. So I've been doing carnivore not fully. When I'm doing it, I do it fully. Um, but I did include, I do have coffee, a decaffeinated coffee, and I was having tea, but I've just come off the tea as well, which is my, mm. the tea is my, I call it my vice. You know, people smoke or have alcohol or something else, but that for me, it's the tea. Um, the decaf coffee for me, I'm not really a coffee drinker. It's just a way to, it's a vehicle to take the iodine and the collagen that tastes so disgusting. Um, so I just have a little drop to, to just put my collagen and iodine in. Um, so getting off the tea, which I've done for the last maybe 10 days has been a big step. Um, but then I see, I went on holiday and I, I wasn't very good. I had watermelon, I had some gazpacho, which is made with tomatoes and cucumber and peppers. What else did I have? Some paella some few things but now I'm back I got back on Sunday night and I'm back on it and it's 100% carnivore other than the coffee because I'm not having the tea so but taking that step to even just even if you just said beef butter eggs and bacon or beef lamb butter eggs and bacon that would be a big step for me as well yeah I think the bacon is good for um for flavor but I'm not so certain that if uh, for people that deal with autoimmune issues or with inflammation, that the bacon is the best. Yeah. It um, actually, we just ordered another half pork and it will come with bacon, but that's going to be a pasteurized pig. So it's a little different than buying bacon from the grocery store. Yeah. Which is probably seed fed. It was right in the freezer and it'll stay there until my experiment is finished yeah excellent it's, it's done yeah. yeah i'm not a big big bacon eater so you know if you told me you couldn't have bacon it wouldn't bother me in the slightest it comes in handy sometimes to have it as a how could you not be a bacon eater like yeah i can eat and, it. i know i know <laughs> I, can, I can eat it and i can leave it. it that's not that wouldn't be the deal breaker so yeah i i love it but i can also leave it so um it's not it doesn't have the same quality as some keto products for example I went to this convention in uh, near Nashville in Burns, Tennessee, and I brought some. Ah, so I, I brought beef patties and some stew meat, but I also brought some sweet keto treats. And I did the same for San Diego. And after San Diego, I just stopped them, and I was good. And after Nashville, I I couldn't. Uh-huh. And then. I did a live and someone asked, I can't get back on track. And then I said, okay, well, I can't either. So here's what we do. We start the lion diet. And so that was the second reason why I wanted to do that, just to get over this hump. Because put a challenge in front of me and unless it's completely uh, like out there and then I do it. Yeah. And I think once once you sort of say strict dish carnivore those sweet cravings disappear very quickly don't they it is weird i'm on day three now and yesterday already i didn't think i have to eat this keto product i'm not going to name it because um i really like those guys and 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 the product is pretty clean 
but it still it, it triggers me. So I, I I cannot have it like on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis. I can maybe have it like at Christmas, and then really try my best to get off it right away, like hide the rest. It triggers me. Same with keto bread, even the one I make myself. I can it it, it triggers me. I, I just can't control it. And oh, there's actually one recipe that's made with seeds. It's delicious. Like oddly, it's delicious, but I can have a whole loaf in the freezer, cut it in slices first, take two slices out, and then don't eat any for a few days and then eat another two slices. Certain triggers I just can't have. And uh, it's it's a good thing learning what your triggers are so you can avoid them. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So for everyone, it's going to be something different and you just have to find out what that that one or other things it could be more than one thing are that that actually cause you to keep going and for me you know one of the things for me was I used to like I would soak some nuts and then I'd put them in the oven for about 10 or 15 minutes and then I'd bring them out and put some oil and salt on them and put them back in the oven for another 10 or 15 minutes and you know there's nothing wrong with those they've been soaked they've um, been activated they've been you could eat them, but I just kept wanting wanting to eat them. Now, sometimes I was quite strict with myself, but they, they were in my head. You know, you start thinking about them. Oh, the nuts are there in the kitchen. I'll just go and get some. So for me, that's something that I have to be really careful around. So I just don't make them very often. And now that I'm carnivore, I don't make them at all. But um yeah, you, I, for everyone, you have to find out what are those things that keep triggering you. And if you're starting to think about them, oh, that's in the kitchen, then, you know, that's the thing to watch out for. Carnivore solves so many of these food cravings because there's nothing on carnivore that I cannot moderate. Mm. <clears throat> moderate, I hate that word, actually. It's one of my pet peeves. But I can eat moderate amounts of bacon. I can eat moderate amounts of anything that's that's just meat or eggs. Actually, eating too much of something, like I can, I, I, I love sardines, but I wouldn't eat two cans because or tins. That's um, I, I I just don't feel like eating more. Yeah, I get full and then I had enough. Yeah. So, what have you been having while you've been on your lion diet? So, what what was you say yesterday what was what were your meals so yesterday was oh awesome my husband cuts up um roast beef and it's it's one of the fatty ones so not not a dry one and he cuts it up into little strips and we put them in the smoker they're in there like for four hours and then they taste like um it's like a mix of smoked steak and beef jerky um, not sure how to call them. They don't, you have to keep them in the fridge or in the freezer. They, they, you can't just leave them on the counter. So they're not true beef jerky. And I have that for breakfast every morning. So at mor- in the morning, I make a coffee, put it in a blender with some butter and MCT oil. And it. I, I tried it with just the milk for the, that's not nearly as good if you put it in the blender. It's, it's it tastes, it tastes really good. And with that, I have a bowl of that meat. And then for supper, I had leftover oxtail meat with a broth that came from the oxtail. And I put it in a blender and it made a really creamy oxtail soup. Mm. That was 
exquisitely delicious. And so much so that I called the butcher if he had more and he doesn't. So I have to wait until he gets more in. But this is something I will make um, like a whole big pot of and freeze to have it at any time. So with the oxtail, did you just slow cook it um, and with a lot of juice, with a lot of water? Yeah, I didn't. So this is, here's the thing. I'm not a cook. Um, like I'm, Me neither. I, 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 I don't have any cooking skills. And so... People who can't cook either can emphasize with me. I had a pack of oxtails like that were maybe like like ten centimeters thick and four or so. So they didn't even fill a pan. And I'm using a high um, a, a high pan. So then I put in another roast with it, and I filled it up with water about a finger or two fingers <clears throat> from the top, so it doesn't like um, boil over, get out when I when I transfer it to the oven. Then I put a lid on, put it in the oven for like three, four hours. The beef is really tender. I put some lemon powder on it instead of apple cider vinegar to get the, the collagen out of the bones, like the, the nutrients out of the bones. Yeah. <clears throat> then I just take the meat off and um, I throw the bones out. I might actually be cooking them for longer, but I didn't think about that. And um, yeah, and that was it. The, the rest of the water was just the broth. Okay. And with the lemon in it, it just gives it a little better taste. Yeah, so it's not really lion diet then. <laughs> well, if I used apple cider vinegar, it would be the same thing though, right? Yeah, exactly. It's by the way, it's um, it's true lemon. So I don't use lemons because they always go back on bad on me. It's kind of the stuff here. It's true lemon. Oh, what's that? Is it is it a juice? No, it's a um, it's a powder. Okay. It's um, crystallized lemon, no additives, just crystallized lemon. I think they put some of the lemon peel in there too for the oil because it has more zest. And um, one little packet, when you mix it with one tablespoon of water, is the equivalent of one tablespoon of lemon juice. Oh, it never goes back. I buy them like in bowl packs. But oh. yes, you're right. That's also technically not lemon. But if you want to do bone broth, you got to use something. Something to pull it, pull it out. Like you protein. need an acid to pull, pull pull out the nutrients. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Sounds yummy. It, oh, yes. And my poor son, like he has a, a cold, like a really bad cold. And I ate the whole thing and then he came in and I thought, oh, no, I should have given him some. <laughs> because <laughs> this would have been so good for him. And then I tried to buy more, but he doesn't have any. So he let me know. Yeah. Excellent. Um. Roxana, one of the things you said to me um, was that you you also developed a thyroid issue. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's called Hashimoto. Hashimoto is an autoimmune disease where the thyroid is being affected. Um, it kind of works like this. The pituitary gland makes TSH. And it does the TSH when it sees that the thyroid isn't putting out enough thyroid hormone. So if it put, puts out too little, the TSH goes up. And it put out, if it puts out too much, the TSH goes down. Yeah. When it goes up, that's the first indication there's something wrong with the thyroid. Mm -hmm. And um, then you can also see the thyroid level. It goes up, but the thyroid levels are okay. But it shouldn't go that up. So people then get uh, a thyroid replacement, usually T4. The 
uh, thyroid hormones that are produced in the thyroid are T4, T3, reverse T3, T1, T2, T1, and T0. But the medication you get is only T4. And then people take it. And T4 is kind of like money in the bank. You, you, You cannot spend it. You need it in your wallet. And that's T3. T3 is the active form of thyroid hormone. Yep. Some people, moi included, do not convert very well from T3 to T4 to T3. Yep. So I still was very tired and it didn't work right. And then I asked my doctor, I want to be put on a desiccated thyroid. A desiccated thyroid is um, made from pig, from pig's thyroids. Yep. The ratio is not quite right. But um, I took it and my TSH was fine, but I felt so tired and I wasn't cold though. And in hindsight, I was cold, but not all the time. So sometimes I got just very warm and sometimes, most of the times I actually needed an extra blanket when no one else did. I didn't clue in. It was so weird. My TSH was fine. So the doctor didn't say anything. And um, then I had my labs checked in the US. You can order your own labs with ownyourlabs.com. That's uh, a, a company by Dave, yeah, by Dave Feldman. Yeah. I love him. He's he's excellent. And he's getting better deals all the time. So I ordered it and then I saw that my T4 was not only very low, it was almost critically low. So the critical cutoff is 0.6 and mine was at 0.65. It was like just above critical. Critical is when the body starts mm, shutting down. And that's actually how I felt. I felt so tired that I thought if I go to sleep now, I'm not going to wake up. Mm. And I felt tired throughout the day. I had no energy. And then I had this keto thing going on and I thought, but this is helping me. And every time I thought about it, I actually got extra energy. But all in all, I was just getting more and more fatigued. And that was on the this, those this I was taking. And then I thought, okay, no, 90 milligrams is just not cutting it. I'm going to up the dose. I didn't even talk to my doctor to 120. And um, that I told her. And then, um, well, my TSH predictably tanked. Because there was enough T4 all of a sudden. So the T is the pituitary gland said, okay, I'm good. I don't need to produce any. And um, the, the common belief is that a very low TSH can be causal for cardiovascular disease and um, other, other things. The thing is, though, it's not the low TSH that does it, but it's the high, if you're hyperthyroid. That's when it happens. But I wasn't hyperthyroid. My thyroid levels were still teetering on low, yeah. even with a higher dose. So I increased the dose again because I still felt tired. Yeah. And um, so with that, my T4 is now just above the lower range and my T3 is still too low. And now I was kind of like weary upping it again. And I talked to my doctor and she said, no, you got to go back to, to 90 and said, no, I, I can't. If I go back to 90, that's going to kill me. And well, we had a discussion. I'm not going to repeat everything. Um, in the end, I went to an endocrinologist who said, no, you, you can't reduce your dose. We're going to split it. So instead of taking one dose in the morning, I'm now taking three doses. I just got to make sure that an hour before I don't eat and half an hour after I don't eat so it can be absorbed. 
Yeah. And that that was quite a game changer. I still don't feel just quite right. I think I need a little more, but compared to how I felt before, it's just night and day. And um, it, it kind of, it, it's, it's annoying because in Canada, they only check the TSH. Yeah, same here. They don't, they don't check the other thyroid hormones. And I mean, the other thyroid hormones, like TSH is not a thyroid hormone. It is, it is, it, it stimulates the thyroid. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thyroid TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. It's a, from the pituitary gland. Actually, before that is another gland, the hypothalamus, I think, that does thyroid release hormone or something like that. So it's it, it's a chain of events. And um, if they check, they shouldn't, they have to check the T4 and the T3, and they have to check the reverse T3, because if you take too much thyroid hormone, the reverse T3 goes up, and that's not good either. You have to find like a middle grade ground, and you have to evaluate how the patient feels. It doesn't really matter what the lab, lab says, you have to know how the patient feels. But all that prompted a discussion with yeah. G- ChatGPT. And it was interesting. Um, I know ChatGPT is a dumb or now a beefed up search engine, but you can ask questions and it will respond and it sometimes comes up with ideas. And so in my case, my triglycerides were always in the upper range, in range, but always in the upper range. And I couldn't explain why, because I was basically eating zero carbs. There was no carb creep. And I know that. I know what I ate. So I even asked Dr. Barry, but, but it could have been like by the coffee, but I not that much. And now it turns out if your thyroid levels are low, here's what happens. And I wrote it down so that LDL, the low-density lipoprotein, low thyroid levels decrease the number of receptors for LDL. So you have less receptors, so more LDL stays in the blood. Yeah. Low low thyroid levels also decrease the ability of the LDL receptors to work. So there's another mechanism by which the LDL goes up. And then for the HDL, it... Um, hampers with the clearance and the um, synthesis of HDL. So the HDL goes down, but you also don't want to. No, and no. then for the triglycerides, there is um, lipoprotein lipase, LPL. It's an enzyme. And um, I, I I forgot like how it exactly works, but the triglycerides go up. And then interestingly, I checked every month, I changed my dose, my um, LDL went down, my triglycerides went down, the HDL oddly went down a little too. But um, clearly, um, giving me a statin would not have caused that, uh, like fixed the problem of being hypothyroid. Yeah. So um, that's my beef with um, the medical standard of care, just looking just at one symptom. And they see, let's see, they see the kidneys in trouble. And then they say, oh, we're going to give a, a blood pressure medication. So the kidneys um, are doing better. Instead of saying, eat, eat less sugar and your kidneys will do better. Oh, yeah. we're going to give us like um, an antidepressant and we are going to give a statin to deal with the LDL. 
instead of looking at the thyroid and see if the thyroid is a problem. I'm not saying, and this is important, I'm not saying if your triglycerides are too high, go get some thyroid medication. That's not no, how it works. You have to test. You have to test and see, like, where is my problem? Why is my LDL high? Or maybe am I a phenotype called lean mass hyperresponder? You have to check in, in into all of that. So I cannot give like a broad, don't take a statin, but I can say uh, before you take one, like you look at it from all directions. Just don't take it to lower LDL because LDL is vital. It's um, we, it, we need it. Yeah, it repairs things. It's you know it's really important. And and the way I think about it is. If we were meant to have low LDL, we probably would. Um, I, I definitely think the body knows what it's doing most of the time. And If yeah. it's not sick, yes. Yeah. And if it's not sick, the body will make about 80% of the LDL. So that's a good indication that we need LDL. Yeah. My LDL um, went all the way down to 27 on a statin. And no one batted an eye. I'm see, especially now that I'm eating a lot of carbs. I'm 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 in general I'm a mellow person, but all this um, the medication that I was over treated for the under treatment for the thyroid, all these things that happen, they make me very frustrated. Mm. I I harbor a lot of anger towards. Um, the doctors that overlook that. And I harbor a lot of anger towards the medical associations who just spool lies. I, I, I don't even know how else to say that. When the ADA comes along and says, um, you got to eat 45 carbs per meal and 15 grams carbs per snack. And um, that's how you keep your blood sugar levels steady. Or when they tell type one children, they have to eat carbs for brain development and proper growth. That's just a flat out lie. Yeah. It's it's so frustrating. They cause so much despair and pain. And no one is going to be responsible for that. No. Mm. No one's going to have be held accountable. The Heart Association, they put a health heart of approval on Cheerios. Oh yeah. I mean this mind-boggling what they do they just did came out with a video where they like had like cool dance moves and oh, we've been around for 80 years helping helping diabetics and and helping blah 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 and i just um commented like you've been around for 80 years and you have nothing to show for yeah i mean really it's creating it's, it's sickness. embarrassing yeah i think one day like a lawyer is going to knock on my door <laughs> But I just can't keep my mouth shut. It's it's um people need to know. People need to know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm with you on that because and I often say things and sometimes I try and bite my tongue and I physically have to clinch my tongue between my teeth. And I have to sit on my fingers. <laughs> sometimes respond. I'm not gonna respond. Sometimes it just comes out, you know, it's you just have to say something, you can't hold it in um and are and are we being negligent if we hold it in i don't know you know maybe we do have to say something so someone said something to me on twitter 
um, that um, influencers don't want to lose followers and then certain aspects they won't talk about. But honestly, um, I, I, I'm devoted to insulin, reversing insulin resistance. That's my thing. So I will not include talking about politics. I will not include how vaccines are made. I will, I will just not talk about that because I want, it is so divisive. I want people just to hear the message, this is insulin resistance or this is hyperinsulinemia and this is what you can do about it. It is it is diet. You don't have to um, take medication. Diabetes is not a metformin deficiency syndrome. No. And um, or obesity is not an ozempic deficiency syndrome. No. All those people just take it and think it's a benign drug, and it's not. Yeah. It has severe side effects. And that's it's, the thing because because the doctor has told them that it's okay. They feel that that it's okay. It is okay, but it isn't. It isn't. Oh yeah. And then in the diabetes groups, I tell them I posted a meal of of my breakfast. So that was like a bowl of smoked beef and a cup of coffee with, with butter in it. And then someone says, oh, well, that's a, an unhealthy meal. And I say, says who? Well, my doctor, my nutritionist, my pregnant PCP or something. I, I, like, like if, and, and then I was in hospital and they, all the doctors there said it. And they, they actually believe that. They, yeah. they believe that it is unhealthy to eat the foods that we grew, not that we grew up in, but, but that, that, that we ate and that made us into the species that we are. Yeah. I, they will defend those lies into their literal graves. And that's like heartbreaking. It is because a lot of people end up in those graves much sooner than they need to. And the one thing that really irks me is, well, I want to enjoy life. I need to eat cake. Cake is life. And I can only say, well, yes. Um, and, and I don't care if I live five or 10 years less. But they don't get that those final five or 10 years before the early demise are spent in pain. They are spent bedridden they, with, with possible blindness, amputation. They are like a drag on the system. They, they, they don't get that. That's not life. That's yeah. That's not worth living. So I always that's not worth living. No cake is worth living. Oh, like what are they talking about? Cake is life. Like <laughs> yeah. So I always say you want to be fit for life and fit for living. You have to be able to live your life and do all the things that you want to do. It's no good sitting in a you know if you're housebound or you're struggling to get out. You can't, you know, you have to park really near to the shop because you can't walk in. That's that's not living. That's life, but yeah. it's not living. You have to eat a proper human diet. You have to be fabulously keto. You have to be mobile. And you have to get good sleep. Like all this, that is important. But the most important part, important part is you have to eat it whole food, mostly animal-based diet. Yeah. So talk to us about your coaching. Yes. So initially, I never intended of becoming a coach. I took those courses 
just because they were offered. I, I went to those um, low-carb symposiums and then I saw, oh, I can do this course, I can do that. And that's going to just expand my horizon. And then a friend said, well, if you combine all those courses, courses, you can be a metabolic health practitioner. And I thought, oh, oh, cool. So I got the points from visiting. But anyways, I got the certification. And then my group started growing and growing. And as more members were there, a lot of members would send me messengers and say, well, I have this specific problem. I don't want to post about it in the group. That was before anonymous posting. And then I would have like conversations with four or five people. And those conversations would drag out over an hour or two. And then I thought, okay, so I still have my, uh, my, my job, which pays the bills. I still have my children that I need to take care of. I have my husband that well, he's pretty self-sufficient, but I, I, I just can't let everything go just to help people on the internet, like no matter how rewarding it is. And then I said, okay, um, you can ask in the group all you want, but if you want to ask individual advice, uh, you, you'll have to book me as a coach. And then with a friend, with Joy, I uh, created the coaching business. And that was a little over a year ago. And we have been coaching people. And um, that that works well. It is mindful of my own time. They're being respectful of my time. I, my, I, I, I cannot just give it away. And um, th that's a that's a pretty good thing. And as I still learn more, and now with the primary health coach, um, people are getting their 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 worth, what what they pay. Yeah, fabulous. And so you called it kendo keto, <laughs> kendo like you can do keto, right? And but um, kendo is spelled K E N D O, and that's also a martial arts form. And so we found this um, guy um, that's wielding a sword, a kendo sword, short, not sword, sword. And he he became our logo. So our, um, uh, what we say is slashing carbs with Roxana and Joy. And then that logo. <laughs> Excellent. I love that. Um, so Roxana, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today that we haven't mentioned? Well, the one thing maybe um, is is I want to talk about hope. Okay. Um, many people who go or who are terribly sick, who are overweight, obese, who have no energy, they don't even have the energy to 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 start something new, to try something new. And I was at that point. What they need is hope, and this is something what I can give people. And they don't have to book me as a coach for that. They can just go into my group and they can get support by other people who go through the same thing. I think it all, to initiate change, it all angles around hope. And that's what I want to tell people. I've been yo-yo dieting for 30 years. I really, I lost all hope. They have to know how. If they are being told, eat healthy, that's not helping. No. Eat a Mediterranean diet, lots of grains and fruits. That's not helpful. They need to know what to eat and what not to eat. And then they will start feeling better and they will see the pounds come off. They will see the inflammation go. They will see how they suddenly don't need a seatbelt extender anymore. How they suddenly go into a restaurant, into a booth 
and they're not wedged in anymore to the point where they can't breathe. Yeah. So um, like I call those my non-scale victories. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hope. This is this is the one thing that that people would would have to know that that there is hope. Yeah. Uh, that is it. Hope is is so massive because you, without hope, you know, you you can't do anything. You can't focus on anything. You're not interested in anything. But if you've got hope and there's light at the end of the tunnel, even if you don't know where the end of the tunnel is, then you just keep moving towards the light. Yes. And there's always someone in front of you who's doing a little better. And then you can say, oh, I can do that, too. And then you see the next person. I, I can do that, too. You don't have to look at um, some influencer who was like ripped and <laughs> yeah. like jumping from tree to tree and and climbing um uh everything they can get a hold of they for the people who are almost there those are their beacons of hope but i'm still on my journey i still have 50 pounds to lose i'm still battling with inflammation and getting my hashimoto under control so i can be the beacon of hope i sometimes think like if i had a superpower that would be inspiring others because when they see my before and after pictures, and I'm really not there yet where I want to be, but just the difference between those is um, is, is giving them hope. Yeah. Well, 120 pounds—that's massive. You know, it's it's a whole person almost. Yeah. It's when when and the, the funny thing is when I, my kids when I tell them, "Well, don't you want to do keto? Like, don't don't you see how it changed me?" And they say, "How did it change you? No." I said, well, you know, I was like, I was huge. No. And then I show them the picture and they say, oh, wow. <laughs> and the thing is, they remember me as mom. Yeah. They they never saw me as an obese person or as a morbidly, like I was level three obese. They, they don't remember me as, as that, which kind of like warms my heart. They always see me as mom. Yeah. Whether I'm 300 pounds or 200 pounds, whatever I am, they see me as mom. Yeah, lovely. So how can people get in contact with you, join your group, anything like that that you want to tell us about? So I have one web, I have two web pages. One web page is reversing minus insulin minus resistance.com. And from that web page, they can go to, to the keto um, coaching website. They can go to the Facebook group. To the Instagram, they can go to the Twitter. On Twitter, um, I'm having a lot more fun. I have to say, <laughs> I, I I'm not a person that gets into a lot of fights. Yeah, but sometimes I have these spirited discussions, conversations. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not with trolls. Obviously, I block the trolls. Um, there's no no no, you don't get anywhere with trolls. But um, yeah, so reversing dash incident dash resistance.com and then the facebook group is called reversing incident resistance and the facebook page is called reversing incident resistance and then they can also um look up my name roxana zutebeer mhp on on instagram and on twitter excellent fabulous thank you roxana we don't let you go until you've told us your three top tips so the Three top tips. I'm going to say maybe four. So it is keep it simple. 
don't if you want to eat don't make a big plan don't plan the big menus just prioritize protein and healthy fats which of course are animal fats so skip on the vegetable oils and if you want to add a vegetable i think vegetables are overrated but add a vegetable if you want to that would be the tip number one the tip number two is don't fall for keto products keto mm -hmm. products in general are just not keto friendly there's keto bread out there which incorporates wheat there is keto products that have hidden sugars there's keto products or zero calorie zero sugar products like splendor it's full of glucose it's the main ingredient and what yeah look look at the packaging and the third is and this is really important is find a group of people that support you that can be your family that can be um your significant other friends and if they all don't support you then find a group like mine for example on facebook find a group on twitter find a group on reddit just look for a group that supports you and this is not about getting in in a rabbit hole and um it's about finding support finding people who know the struggle and finding people who can help you if you get stuck yeah i, I think that is really really important because by yourself it's very easy to lose your way to give up you need mm -hmm. somebody that's going to help you even if you have an off day or an off couple of days how how do you get back on you know not even how you need somebody to help you come on you can do this just stop yes. eating whatever it is and sometimes that's all you need but you you have to be able to tap into those people yes yeah thank you so much for being with me today awesome it was really a lot of fun great to meet you <laughs> yes It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories 
and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.